Hey guys, Luke McElroy from Mets Performance Consulting, joined again with Tyler and Nick, practicing our social distancing uh, via video call through Zoom. So welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Today we're going to talk about economy, efficiency and respiratory exchange ratio. So we had a question come through. Nick, can you just quickly roll through roughly what that question was about? Yeah, so we had a question um, through Instagram uh, asking... And well, I'll, I'll read it first, and then we'll then we'll talk through what we think um, what we think Dave might have meant. But um, you just want to know more, more information about respiratory quotients um, and improving capacity to utilize fats at higher intensities to prolong hitting the wall, um, and how it might be useful. Particularly, he's talking in the case of maybe a marathon runner, um, but uh, obviously an endurance athlete in general. So that was the that was the question. Was there anything about what, what the running economy as well? Was that a different question? No, so so basically, basically the understanding um, behind after we sort of I had a bit of a chat to him and responded, but basically what he was what he was intending was he was asking, um, is there a way that you can utilise or, or work at a work at a higher intensity or a race intensity, utilising more fats to help delay when you're burning as many carbohydrates, essentially then in theory, delaying when you hit the wall, um, which then sort of led into a bit of an economy discussion or running economy discussion around, well, if we're using more fats at the same intensity, so let's say a marathon race intensity, if we're using more fats at that intensity, inevitably we're going to have to use more oxygen to burn those fats to create the energy that's, that's usable um, and they're therefore increasing our oxygen cost Yep. Um, for the same output, which is that is that negative to economy in a way? Well, yes, it is because yep. we're having to work harder and get more oxygen in for the same overall speed output. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let, let's define. I think there's three things we need to define. We need to define respiratory quotient, running economy, and running efficiency. We'll start with that, and then we'll, we'll, we'll um, flesh that out a bit. So, first of all, for respiratory quotient, it's the same as respiratory exchange ratio. So, basically, guys at home, what, what that is, it's uh, it's your carbon dioxide, volume of carbon dioxide divided by volume of oxygen. So basically it just comes out with a number. Um, when you're burning, when you're producing more carb, uh, sorry, more carbon dioxide, you're burning more carbohydrates and vice versa. Less carbon dioxide is, is less carbohydrate and more fat. So basically that's just a number. It tells you where you're burning 100%, 50% or, or whatever it is, that the ratio between carbohydrates and fats. Um, through through training, uh, theoretically, when you increase your VO2 max and you increase your your mitochondrial density and you can actually take in and transport and consume more oxygen, then you're going to be able to, uh, you'll be able to burn more fat at the same absolute workload, but it still should be the same relative workload. So what that basically means, let's say uh, I'm pedaling at 150 Watts. And at that point I'm unfit 150 Watts. I'm burning 80% carb, 20% fat. If I then get fitter, I increase my, my VO2 max um, by 30%. Then when I pedal at 150 watts again, instead of using, um, what did I say, 20% fat, 80% 80, carbs, yeah. Yeah, now I'm using a 50-50 split. So I'm at the same absolute yeah. intensity. It's still 150 watts, but now I'm burning more fat. We know we have in infinite fat stores, 100,000 calories worth of fat, enough for weeks and weeks and weeks compared to only two hours worth of carbohydrates. Hey, I'm burning more fat. I'm going to take a lot more beneficial uh, from a performance uh, enhancement standpoint. However, if we then flip around and look at, all right, let's say... Example A, 150 watts was 80% of your VO2 max, all right? But then you get fitter 
and your new 80% of VO2 max is now 210 watts. Well, that's still an 80-20 there. So the, the, the relative ratio remains relatively unchanged. It's just that absolute number. If you get fitter, hey, 150 watts is a lot easier when you're fitter than compared to when you're not fit. So um, that's so an old of, example of the, big, the bigger engine size that we always talk about. It's like if you've got a bigger engine, you're going to be able to do more with it. And it's just everything just moves up relative to the size of your engine, essentially. Well, well that's right. The bigger top end you've got, the... the the more fat you can burn at the bottom end because it's less stressful on the body. Um, but then on that, so let's talk about running or just economy and efficiency. Cause these are often two terms that get a little bit, uh, they used get, get used interchangeably. So basically your efficiency is, to, sorry, I'll start with the economy. Your economy is essentially, it's just your oxygen consumption divided by your, your pace. So your intensity is how much oxygen does it require to go 15 Ks an hour or to pedal at 150 Watts or, or whatever it is. So it's simply, um, oxygen divided by intensity. Now that, that can change dramatically. If you have a really good running technique, um, if you don't need much oxygen to run 15 Ks an hour, because you've got a really good technique versus somebody who's you know got a whole lot of vertical oscillation jumping up and down, they're going to need more oxygen to run the same speed. Hey, the one with better, the better technique is going to have a better running economy. I think that's pretty, that's pretty common sense. When we talk about efficiency, we can't necessarily change that because efficiency is just how much, how much energy does it take to create that work. So efficiency is more to do with, um, if I need to produce 80 kilograms of force with my quadriceps, it takes a predetermined amount of energy to do that. doesn't matter how well you're using it. It's just, hey, if I need to go, if, I, if my quads produce 80 kilos of force, it needs this much energy to do so. And that's our efficiency. Uh, so your efficiency is sort of relatively unchanged. So when you talk about like running efficiency, you can't really change it. I mean, you, you can't even, like, it, it takes, it takes whatever force you're producing, there is an, there is an amount of energy required to do that. All right. So efficiency has nothing to do with economy, how well you're using it. It's just how much energy do I need to produce a certain force? And you can't really change that across the board. Um, it's the same with cycling. You push 150 watts, well, that's 150 joules of energy. You can't change that. It's, that's your efficiency. Uh, and your economy, you can't change a whole lot on the bike anyway, because, well, you can a little bit, but can't really stuff up pedal strokes um, what, we're, what we're talking about is where which fuel you are using to get that energy so that energy the total amount of energy doesn't change right. but whether we're getting that from fats or carbohydrates can change at, at, this, at an absolute intensity yeah that's right so your running efficiency won't change but you can change the the fuel you use and fat is the most efficient fuel given that one gram of fat is nine calories of energy compared to one gram of carbohydrate or protein, there's only four calories worth of energy. So fat is an efficient fuel source in terms of the amount you get. However, we know that once it goes into the human combustion engine and all the rest, it takes more oxygen to break it down. So um, I guess in answering the question, your respiratory quotient, you can the fitter you are, you can change that. So the absolute intensity, 150 watts, you can burn more fat. That's gonna be really beneficial in delaying hitting the wall. But then, as we said before, we've been speaking about this for ages and ages. Like once you hit lip or your threshold, once you hit VO2 max, because the oxygen, the oxygen demand is really high, you're going to be using 100% carbohydrates, 99% carbohydrates. So in that case, um, you, you, your RQ is one, like it is 100% carbohydrates. You're not going to change that. Uh, and that kind of leads into the running economy example, Nick, you said before. So they said like, hey, if, if I'm running at 15 Ks an hour, but I'm using more fat, wouldn't my economy reduce? And it would, you're right, because fat takes more oxygen. And it's literally that, that equation is just oxygen divided by intensity. So 
don't know, let's say it's taking, if you're using 100% carbs, it takes you three litres of oxygen, for example. But then if you're using 50% of that is now fat, 50% carbs, 50% fat, it takes 3.2 litres of oxygen. Your economy's worse because it's still dividing by 15, but you're 3.2 compared to three litres now. So yeah, you're less economical. Your running economy is poorer, but the, the, you've got so much scope to move. Like you cannot run at 15 k's an hour at a 50-50 contribution unless your VO2 max is at least 20 k's an hour. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's not going to affect you. Even though you usually have a little bit more oxygen, it doesn't mean that your lactate's going to increase significantly because your body won't let you do it. As soon as it gets to a high intensity, you're going to be going to using predominantly, if not 100% carbohydrates as you get close to your threshold and your VO2 max. So it's not, in my opinion, it's not something that you need to be concerned about. Yes, your economy is poorer technically, but it doesn't matter because you're probably running at 50, 60% VO2 max, in which case you're barely producing lactic acid anyway. It's not going to have any performance detriment. In fact, it's going to be beneficial because now you're using fat, you're going to be able to glycogen spare. You'll be able to um, save that glycogen, the carbohydrates for any increases in intensity or towards the back end of a race, which is really beneficial for ultra distance runners, for most age group triathletes that are doing Ironman distance, that sort of stuff. Burning more fat is, is ideal. You just can't do it at high intensities. Yeah, and it's a, I think it was 60% 60 of VO2 max is sort of the, the benchmark of if you're racing an intensity lower than that, where you're ultra and maybe back end of an Ironman, it's, it's probably okay because the, you, you're going to be running or, or racing an intensity where you've got the time to be able to use that option. It's not really going to make a, much of a difference. But And you're out there for probably an extended period of time. But if we're talking about um, marathon running and if, particularly guys who are running to 230, 245, three hour, whatever it is, you're going to be wanting to use carbs because you're going to be wanting to move quickly. It's not a case of just trying to necessarily get to the finish. So I think that's probably a distinguishing factor as well is like if your aim is to go fast, it makes sense to want to use carbohydrates because we're going to get that, that energy so much quicker as well. Apart from if we're talking about economy and things like that, it's like just from a trying to go quick perspective, carbs are going to give us a, a more readily available fuel source than, than fats anyway. Um, so really it, it comes down to what do you, what do you, I guess you're trying to achieve out of the race anyway. You're trying to just do it and do it slowly or what were the demands of the event and a few other external factors. Yep. Yep. Uh, anything well, I think, yeah. yeah, I think so. I, I've thought about this a lot um, and anyone who's looked into low carb high fat diets and things like that probably know like so you might you probably know about dan plues who was the top age group athlete in kona a couple of years ago went about 840 or something like that jan van berkel's one of the pros who um races i don't know the, the specifics but he talks about um high fat diets um i think it's the goal in any race, no matter pretty much, unless we're just there to finish, no matter who we are, is to finish whatever the race is as quick as possible. Doesn't matter. Um, we're not aiming. No one goes out and aims to do a race burning X amount of carbs and X amount of fats. But that's just sort of a byproduct of getting through the race. So, I think this is such an individual thing from one person to another. In what is holding you back? What is your cause of fatigue in whatever the race is? If you're a marathon runner and you are constantly hitting the wall or bonking at two and a half hours, regardless if you're trying to run three, three and a half or four hours, if you're, if you're running out of carbohydrates because perhaps you can't eat or, or take fuel in during the event, then there is definitely things to gain in that. In, in, in this case, you're going to back your intensity off because you're going to need to burn high fats if you're running out of your carbs. If you are someone who can put in 
90 grams of carbohydrates per hour with no astrointestinal upset, well, then that gives you more scope to work at that higher intensity for a longer period of time without running out. So I think individually, the biggest what is holding you back? What is causing you fatigue? Um, and yeah, if it is running out of carbs, fuel depletion and causing you to slow down, well, there's something to look at there. If that's not an issue and you can work at that higher intensity on more carbs, well, then that's going to be, you're going to get to the end quicker in that, those conditions. Yeah, and I think, I think it's, really, it's really to do with, in my head, it's six hours plus. Anything less than six hours, like, it's a high-intensity race. So you do it by 70.3, you're going balls out the whole time. You know, like, you know, for most people, they're going hard. So I, I feel like, because really, the way you're saying it there, like, if you're, if you're doing a, a marathon, all right, if you want to burn more fat, you just have to reduce the intensity, but that's going to be detrimental to performance versus an Ironman where you're not going to be on threshold the whole way. Um, because that's where you, you do want to go at a more comfortable pace and maximise your fat burning. So you can you do the math. You still need to get carbohydrates in, but you know, 90 grams of carbs over an, like an hour over an Ironman is going to be pretty, pretty tough. So it's, as you said, it's an individualised thing. You've got to find the balance. But I mean, people that come into like a, an Ironman fasted so they can burn more fat, you know, you will burn more fat because you've got nothing else to use, but it, it doesn't mean you're going to, it doesn't mean yeah. you're going to be more successful. Well, yeah, are you, are you faster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you might be faster because you can finish your race because you're not literally shitting your pants halfway through. Like, yeah, that could be the result. But it, yeah, it, if that is the case, yeah, exactly. The, the only goal is to get to the finish line as quick as possible. So whatever's stopping you do that, you need yeah. to work out a way around it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like carbs isn't the enemy. It's it's not like it's that. It's just a holistic approach of, you know, carbohydrates are good um, in terms of the body's preferred fuel source, it takes the least amount of oxygen and they break down very simply. However, during a race, often people struggle with the consumption of high GI carbohydrates, the sugary carbohydrates, the gels, in which case you need to experiment with something either lower GI or, or something completely different, that whatever sits well in your stomach, just to get you to the end as fast as possible. So um, I guess the advice is, hey, if, if, if you find that, if you, if you've used carbohydrates extensively in the past and it doesn't work for you from a gastrointestinal upset point of view, then yeah, sure, mix it up. And yeah, you're going to have to drop the intensity off. You're going to be holding, you want to be do this, do this over at least a 70.3 or, or longer, you know, four, five, six hours plus. But uh, yeah, it's just about playing around and what works for you. But if, if there's no issues, internal issues, then carbohydrates are going to make you faster in every situation that I can think of. Uh, if you can consume them and if you can, uh, utilize them properly, then I don't see an issue at all. Yeah, I think, and I think that's the, the key distinguishing factor is that the the intensity we're talking about as well, like you touched on. Like, if you're racing less than sort of six hours, you're going to be trying to go hard. Um, and, and if you're racing longer than that, like you, you just you just can't. So it, it makes logical sense to to want to drop the intensity to then use a different fuel source because it's going to be more sustained um I, like interesting point i, I maybe, maybe open it up and talk about the, the hitting the wall aspect i think something you mentioned was if all right if we work on a scenario if we're trying to delay hitting the wall well what are our strategies around that in a let's say a marathon race where we are expected to then we're trying to work at high intensity we are using carbs are there is still any strategies we can use to prevent hitting the wall other than dropping the intensity to use more fats to do it that way. Like if we're still burning carbs at a reasonably high rate, what are we going to have to do mid-race? Something we can maybe touch on? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, mid-race, you're burning a lot of carbs. You can um, obviously, yeah, number one, we want to try to consume 
the carbohydrates, get your sports drinks and get your gels and all that. But if, if that's not working well, I mean, you could still you could still fuel with that lower GI stuff. I think that would be quite beneficial. Like the people that struggle with, well, we, we know we know that an increase in insulin is going to increase your carbohydrate burning anyway. So as soon as you have something sugary, you're going to increase your carb burning. So, you know, as a way to glycogen spare what you've got left, you could you could pretty much eat something lower in GI. So like a banana or a, uh, what else could we have? Uh, or there's something completely non-carbohydrate based or just something yeah. like yeah, a banana or a sandwich or something like that, something that's lower GI. So you get a slower insulin release and therefore that's going to enhance your fat burning anyway. While still getting some carbohydrate replenishment, it's going to reduce the amount that you use. So I think um, if you really struggle in mid-race, you, you need to cons- control those insulin levels and try to keep them as, as low as possible if you can't eat a whole lot. But um, it's one of those ones, once you start to hit the wall, like it's, it's other than slowing down, I don't know if you guys have any other ideas, but once you start to hit the wall, it's, uh, it's a downward, it's an uphill battle from there. To, uh, to, to try to not to slow down, really. It's pretty hard work. Well, I guess it's um, carb loading beforehand, so maximising your stores to begin with. Having practised different types of nutrition on the go, trained your stomach, got used to it, and worked out how much you can take in. And then whatever that combination is between what you're carb loading to start with your stores, what you can take in, you then need to manipulate how much you're burning so that that's enough to get you to the end. And that means we can't sprint the whole way. That means we do need to have the intensity at the appropriate level, whatever that may be. Um, So that's then not to say though, that through training, that relative intensity we spoke about before can be a a different running speed or a different amount of power as we get fitter. And I think that's something that gets overlooked is that the best way to improve say the best way to improve your fat burning at a given work rate, not a, not your a percentage of yours, so let's say four minute pace, the best way to increase your fat burning at four minute pace is to essentially get faster. So we're going to improve our top end, make our VO2 max higher through very high intensity training, which isn't burning fat necessarily, but it's raising that ceiling, which is going to now four minute pace is a, a lower relative intensity for me. So I can, I'll be burning a higher percentage of fat at that workload which is therefore going to save my carbohydrates for, to hopefully make it to the end of the race. And on that as well, like, so increase your top end, increase your VO2 max, that's going to be beneficial. And also particularly with running is, is improve your running technique. So it doesn't actually require as much oxygen at four minute K pace to start moving forward. So if you can use less oxygen because you've got a better technique, um, that'll push you towards the fat burning side compared to the carbohydrate burning side anyway, because it's a lower intensity. It's still four minute Ks, but you're using less oxygen because you've got a really economical running technique. So you both of those ways would be really effective. Uh, cool. Is that pretty much covered? Um, I reckon that's, that's covered the question pretty well. Is there anything else we need to cover, Nick? No, I don't think so. I think it covers it pretty, pretty well. So yep. maybe just wrap so, up key points and then we'll... Yeah. So as a, as a quick summary, guys, so uh, your respiratory exchange ratio, respiratory quotient, it's, it's basically to do with how much carb you're using compared to fat. Um, once you get close to like 80, 100% of your VO2 max, you're going to be using 100% carbohydrates. You can't change that biologically because the body, it's, it's easier to use carbohydrates. It takes less oxygen. So when you need it, you go and use carbohydrates. What you can do is change the absolute intensity. So if you're unfit at 150 watts, you get fitter. And at 150 watts, you're going to be using a whole lot more fat just because your top end's higher as Tyler said before, your VO2 max goes up and you're going to be burning more fat at the lower workloads 
Um, or you could also increase your, your economy so for, from a technique standpoint. If you have a better running technique, it requires less oxygen. You're going to use more fat. Um, don't worry about, hey, I'm using more fat means I'm using more oxygen. It means my running economy is poorer. It's technically correct, but because we're talking at 60% VO2 max, it's not going to make a difference at the top end. It's not going to change your lactate level. As soon as you get to 80 or 100, you're using carbohydrates. Bad luck, it is what it is. Uh, your efficiency doesn't change. That's how much how much uh, the energy required for a given force. You cannot change that. Um, but basically what we're saying is carbohydrates are good. Um, it, carbohydrates are going to be used at higher intensities. You're going to finish the race fast using carbs. However, if you can't stomach them for any reason, uh, that's when you can play around with, with uh, higher fat, lower carbohydrate diets or lower GI alternatives during a race to try to basically just get to the end as fast as you can with, without experiencing an upset stomach and, and hitting the wall and all the rest. So uh, that's pretty much a, an overview for today. Thanks for tuning in and we'll speak to you on the next episode.